0: I realized today that in jumping back into E.M. Bounds' book on prayer that I may have neglected to bring some new listeners up to speed on who E.M. Bounds was and why we are reading from his book. And so tomorrow I aim to rectify that mistake. Today I'll leave you with just a short account of what prayer can do. Let's jump straight into it. Mr. Bounds in chapter number 12 of his book Purpose in Prayer. The title of this chapter is The Birthplace of Revival. Wherever God's conditions are met, there the revival is sure to fall. Professor Thomas Nicholson of Cornell University, remember this book was written a long time ago, but Thomas Nicholson, Cornell University, related an experience he had on his first circuit that impresses a new the old lesson of the place of prayer in the work of God. Here's what he said. There had not been a revival on that circuit in years. Things were not spiritually hopeful, to be honest. For more than four weeks, I had preached faithfully, visited from house to house, in stores, shops, out-of-the-way places. I had done everything I could. The fifth Monday night saw many of the official members at lodges and in homes, but only a small pittance at the church. From that meeting, I went home, cast down but not in despair, he says, see 2 Corinthians 4.8. I resolved to spend that night in prayer. Locking the door, I took Bible and hymn book and began to inquire more diligently of the Lord though the meetings had been the subject of hours of earnest prayer already, but only God knows the anxiety and the faithful, prayerful study of that night. Near the dawn, a great peace, and a full assurance came that God would surely bless the plan that had been decided upon, and a text was chosen that I felt sure was of the Lord. Dropping upon the bed, I slept about two hours, then rose, hastily breakfasted, and went nine miles to the far side of the circuit to visit some sick people. All day, the assurance increased. Toward night, though, a pouring rain set in. The roads were heavy. I reached home, wet, hungry, and a little late, only to find no fire in the church, the lights unlit, and no signs of a service. The janitor had concluded that the rain would prevent the service. So I changed that order, rang the bell, and prepared for war. Three young men formed the congregation, but in that full assurance, I delivered the message that had been prayed out on the preceding night as earnestly and as fully as if their house had been crowded. I then made a personal appeal to each young man in turn, two yielded, and they testified of salvation before the meeting was closed that evening. Tired from the long day, I went to a sweet rest. And the next morning, rising a little later than usual, I learned that one of the young men was going from store to store throughout the town telling of his wonderful deliverance and exhorting the people to salvation. Night after night, conversions occurred until after two weeks, 144 people testified before the church in 45 minutes. All three points of that circuit that I spent preaching saw a blaze of a revival that winter, and family after family came into the church, until the membership was more than tripled. Out of that meeting, one convert became a successful pastor in Michigan. Another became the wife of one of our best pastors. A third was in the ministry for a number of years, where he's faithful to this day. Probably none of the members ever knew about my night of prayer but I certainly believe that God somehow does for the man who thus prays what he does not for the man who does not pray. And I am certain that more things are wrought by prayer than this world dreams of. Friend, let me exhort you. Let's spend some time in prayer. Let's make a real difference in the world. Tomorrow, Lord willing, I'll introduce you, reintroduce you a little bit to the man E.M. Bounds. Hope you'll stick around for that. God bless.